Thanks for calling Toyota. This is Jan. I just adopted a new best friend, and I'm looking for a Toyota so we can make the most out of summer. With a new RAV4, you can take your pup for a drive up the coast. You can take a Prius to the park. Or you can take a Tundra to kayak at a remote lake. One problem, Jan. Oh? My new best friend's a cat. Your summer starts here, but it all ends June 3rd. Toyota, let's go places. Dealer inventory may vary, so your participating Toyota dealer for details. Visit your Front Range Toyota stores today. Toyota, let's go places. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. DNVR Draft Pod, J&J, Dre here with you, presented by DraftKings. As always, use that promo code DNVR. Offers just plentiful right now on, on DraftKings Sportsbook. I know we will get into that because we have some amazing draft matchups um, coming up this week in college football. Got a little international Action Broncos in London. We've got uh, prospects we were talking about on draft pods, less than a calendar year old, already getting traded. Lots happening. Justin, how are you doing, brother? I'm uh, doing all right, man. It's it's been a long week. Uh, heater went out, or the furnace, I guess, is the the proper term. Mm. Dogs got near infection. The in laws are coming Oof. into town, so it's just it's a lot. Basketball, football going, but. Yeah, we'll, we'll live. You know, it's it's adversity. It's like the the athletes always talk about. It's true, Justin. Like, uh, you're basically describing a Chevy Chase '90s comedy right now. You know, it's exactly. everything's happening at once, and yeah. you're just rolling with the punches, um, and a smile on your face, and uh, momentary hilarious breakdowns. I'm sure, like Chevy would do. Uh, so you. <laughs> Uh, we hate to hear it, but uh, we're all with you, J-Man. And uh, Jakester, how are we doing? I'm doing well. Doing well. Can't really complain. Uh, I feel Justin's, I don't want to say complaints, but his valid concerns about crossover season right now. Mm. It is, uh, it's getting the crunch time, man. And I'm, uh, I'm just trying to stay in my head above water at this point. That's right. Halloween comes. It's time for these guys to call cover college hoops and college football. It's uh and a coaching search. You're you're going yes. to it. Yeah, Jakester's <laughs> Jakester's really been uh drinking out of a hose since uh since starting starting the job here. And uh honestly, we just love to see it. So we've got we've got plenty to get into with the draft pod, but we're we're all uh we're all feeling the busy season right now, so we're not going to bullshit too long. Justin, you missed the last one, so we want to get your thoughts on Heisman, playoff race. I've been able to talk some college football futures and stuff with you guys filling in for our K on um, bets this week, which has been awesome. So I think we can we can get into some of that a little later. But first, just, uh, you know... Last week, we talked Broncos quarterback situation, maybe didn't feel the most positive. And uh, then, of course, the Broncos game itself that followed up our conversation uh, makes you feel uh, even less positive. Reports today coming out that Russ will play. So I think that's encouraging. Definitely a 
a must win in London at 7:30 on Sunday. But um we're going to we're going to we're going to look at the sunny side right now and how ultimately in football especially the NFL you can turn things around quickly. The Jets a great demonstration of that. So I wanted to go and uh start our day talking about the most surprising teams or team to you this season in the NFL and then go to most surprising player and then go, uh, go the college route on those same categories. And, uh, Justin, why don't you start us off most surprising team to you in the NFL this season? The most surprising team to me is the New York giants. I just feel like they are playing extremely competent football. Yeah. You know, some of their wins have been, you know, debatably a little bit fluky. You know, they've, they, I don't For know sure. how sustainable it is to pull it out time after time. It's kind of Tebow Bronco esque, where it's like, man, you guys are really coming out on the right side of a, a lot of favorable things. But much like that team, they play quality defense, they run the football well. And Dable's really done a good job of basically maximizing Daniel Jones's strengths and, you know, kind of limiting the situations yeah. where. They put them at risk, and that's what the old staff has not been able to do. I don't know if you commit to Jones long-term, even with what we've seen. I still think you've got to at least explore other options with the talent you have on that team. But, I mean, he's been great. The Giants have been very, very impressive. I mean, that there's a couple teams in that division that have been you know, pretty impressive after it, it looks pretty rough in the first week or two. As far as the most surprising player... I mean, I think it's got to be Geno Smith. I mean, he's just mm. playing lights out. Yeah, hadn't been a starter in like over six years. To do what he's doing, I mean, Seattle fans have they've got to be feeling pretty good considering the uh, the draft capital they've got coming their way. And it, it's looking more and more like Geno's uh, revival is at least somewhat legitimate. You know, I don't know if he's going to be this guy year in and year out, but I also don't think he's going to fall off a cliff with what we've seen from him. Yeah. Very Tannehill-esque his, uh, his kind of Renaissance this season. It's been, it's been impressive, man. Those are two good ones. Um, before I go to Jake, you know, I think with both New York teams, we, we talk so much about the interior of the defensive line and what a key cog that is. And then the last few drafts, it's been an interesting trend between weaker classes and the NFL just kind of ignoring the position more than you'd expect with all the chatter about the importance of the interior. Um, Teams like the two New York teams who've actually abided by that and actually added talent and committed talent to the interior defensive line. Boy, is it paying dividends. We're seeing it in Philly. DJ Jones has been amazing for the Broncos. And I think that duo of Draymond and DJ has been huge for that um, Evero defense. So uh, from a greater kind of draft philosophy, that's what stands out to me there. Um, Jake, who are your candidates? Well, I wanted to talk about the New York teams, but you just wrapped it up beautifully. So I'm going to throw out two teams, actually. One, the Atlanta Falcons, who are actually leading the NFC South, throwing Mm. like 12 passes a game, which is absolutely insane. And then also the Chicago Bears, who kind of look competent all of a sudden. And I thought they would be one of, if not the worst team in football this year. Mm. What we saw from Monday night from their offense, from the running game, from Justin Fields was true progression in the, the growth of the quarterback and the offense. So that was very impressive for player. Honestly, I have to go Jalen Hurts. I didn't Ah, think that. uh, 
I mean, after the playoff game against Tampa, I honestly thought we were his days were kind of numbered just in terms of not being able to be a a consistent thrower of the football, but he's just really taking his game to another level this year in all areas. Um, leading the MVP race, the Eagles are undefeated. I mean, you can't say enough about him at this point. Yeah, it's a great point on Jalen. Um, and I mean, Chicago and New York feels like, okay, there's plenty to work on with DJ and Fields, but you also like a lot of what they've got going, especially with some really bad receiving cores. Like really bad. The thing with the Jets is I loved what they did in the draft just this last year. And I thought that they were actually building something, like you said, with how Douglas is building building up in the trenches. I just didn't expect five and two to start this season. Yeah. I mean, the quarterbacks haven't played great. So I don't it is a bit of a facade, I think, but um still five and two is five and two at this point. Their upcoming schedule is pretty brutal. So I think we'll find out pretty quickly. I think in the next five weeks, the Jets have like the Pats twice, the Bills a couple of times. So they've yeah. they've got a tough yep. stretch here coming up. We'll see if they can kind and of push Vikings. through it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the Vikings. So it's- I mean, yeah, and Atlanta, you know, it kind of mirrors some of the things that uh, Justin just said about Gino. I was thinking about Marcus Mariota in the same way. Uh, that's such an atypical offense, too. Like, they actually do have the, the weapons, but they're so run-heavy. Um it's been interesting. And I think they're actually maybe more intriguing from a betting side than they are real football side. Yeah. Let me ask you guys this, just based off the conversation we just had and these coaches maximizing the strengths of, you know, guys like Daniel Jones, Mariota, Jalen hurts, even that reflects even worse on Denver, right? With what we've seen offensively and just having no identity whatsoever. And how much of that is on Hackett? like to blame and and how much of it is on just the fact that we've essentially given Russ the keys. Like, I don't, I don't even know if, I mean, this could be a whole tangent. So this might be opening up a can of worms that we shouldn't really dive into, but that's all it makes me think about when I look at like what Dable has done with Daniel Jones and some of these other first year, second year coaches and what they're doing. And they're, they're just scheming so much better than the Broncos are. And it's, it's really disheartening. Yeah, and yet the Broncos are moving the ball. It does. Um, that was, is true. That's a good I was point. Talking to a buddy of mine, and you know, a lot of what I was saying was like, it, it's just crazy how many play callers, quarterbacks, offensive linemen, wide receivers have been changed, and it just feels like it's the same results you had in 2016 with Trevor Simeon in a Gary Kubiak offense, right? Um, but I was saying, I guess I need to retract that st- or modify that statement. It does feel like the last several years it was always three and out city now it feels like um they move the ball they just stall out which is insanely fucking frustrating but you're right as much as i can be like look they can't get open against man uh somehow they don't have as bad wide receiver cores as the giants um or bears certainly and yet they're finding fewer ways to get it done I just don't understand how <clears throat> Hackett has Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, Greg Dulcich. He had Javante Williams. He had some firepower all over the field, and they just can't put it in the end zone. It just makes no sense to me. They are big plays and big plays only because they, they can't decon dunk you down low. Um, and that's where the identity comes into play because you, you need to have some sort of, and that's where the run game should come into play. But yeah, I think it is a pretty good point, Justin, that, um, 
Well, and it's, we're just not seeing a ton of improvement. Like CSU's had some of the similar struggles in terms of, especially early on, really all they could do was big plays. They couldn't do much in the red zone. The red zone is still kind of a work in progress for them. They have at least established an identity running the football with Avery Morrow. I mean, he's going for five yards pop. It's like 400 yards over the last three weeks. They're making progress in the passing offense. So it's like, all right, you're seeing it start to build upon it. It almost feels like, I don't know, the Broncos, I'd, I'd have to go back and maybe some of that is just me getting swept up in the emotion of some of these frustrating losses. But it, I feel like they're, they're driving the ball worse than when the season started. And injuries are probably a big factor in that, but they are regressing. that's fair. Um, And I mean, it's that tough spot. We're always in as analysts where you want to preach patience, right? Because that's just a part of being human is takes a while, especially for, for 11 moving parts with injuries and everything to get shit figured out. But then you also need to be honest as an analyst and say, look, in these other places, coaches with just as little of a track record who require just as much patience are giving you much earlier returns with uh, rawer and greener rosters than that, you know? Um, so I think your point injuries is are starting. Injuries are starting to catch up though. I mean, you lose your left tackle you lost your best running back, your best offensive player in many aspects too. Um, Russ is banged up. Uh, Judy keeps going down on plays um, that he gets the ball. It's just, it's starting oh, to catch up. Going and I think for a lot of these surprise teams, the second half will be really telling because that's where your depth gets tested and injuries are going to catch up for everyone. That's just the NFL. The last 10 years is injuries. Aren't an, if they're a win. Um, Do the Broncos make a big trade before the deadline? Just, we don't have to go into it, like debate various players, but do you see I say yes. happening? Yeah, I think yes. But I, I think they, London's very telling. If they trade Jerry Judy, I'm going to be very heartbroken. Mm. That's all I'll say. It would be a, a, a moment of uh, being torn for the draft pod because we talked about him and we anticipated that pick for a while, but it might mean more in capital to, and you know, that wide receiver market was crazy in the offseason. So I'd want them to stick by that. That's all. It also might just be time for a fresh start for Jerry. Uh, uh, yeah. Please don't have, start with me. I have not been. We can't do a whole Jerry Judy segment. I'm sorry. Yeah, guy, I got two Judy jerseys in my closet. No, I don't <laughs> want to see him leave, so, but it has so not worked out to this we point. Can't. We can't do this Jake, though. We can't. I'm, I'm getting my surprise picks on. We got to we gotta turn the page <laughs> Please, here. Just All right, let's go. Have another sip of water for me to take a second. We talked about injuries though, and that segues perfectly into my surprise team is the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, credit where credit's due. I think everyone was low on that team. They lose Randy Gregory. It's easy to, you know, make fun of Cowboys fans and tell them that Trevor Diggs is, uh, you know, super inconsistent and not even all that good. Um, But their pass rush has been unbelievable. Um, And, you know, that, that Sertan pick is so interesting because Fields, Uh, Jake just mentioned him and some nice early returns this past week. Michael Parsons has obviously been other fucking worldly, pardon my French, um, just been incredible. And they lose Randy Gregory. They're making it happen with Sam Williams, Dorrance Armstrong, uh, Jordan Lewis, and Trevon Diggs are kind of perfect, like boomer bust. They will take their risks and give up some big plays, but they'll also reward you with some risk when your pass rush is that good. 
a great scene, Leighton Van Der Esch, one of those Mountain West legends, um, getting back fully healthy and playing like that, just like a dominator in all facets of the game that he was early in his career. And what they've been able to do offensively, credit where credit's due. I don't think Zeke's the same guy. The way they use Tony Pollard is somewhat frustrating, but they're making it happen. Tight end, they're really making that happen without spending premium resources. Their wide receivers, CD, kind of underwhelming, Gallup injured. They're still making it all work out. They've lost a ton of talent on the O-line. Um, I think that's a great example of how things feel kind of stale. You don't love your coach. There's some doubters about your quarterback who has a massive contract, and yet you find a way in a suddenly a really competitive division to figure things out after some turbulent years. Um so I think that that would be a great model to follow. Um, was torn on most surprising player. Uh, I've been waxing poetic about Ramondre Stevenson for a couple weeks. Kind of a favorite during bowl season. Some big games in the Big 12 would have never seen this coming. Uh, Christian Kirk has been really unreal um, in a wide receiver market that exploded. One of the few disappointing ones. It seemed in the offseason really blowing up. But I'm going to go Sauce Gardner. Did not expect this this early in his career. Um, and look, he's he's racking up the tackles. He's getting tested plenty, um, but he's he's really playing well in it. That Salah defense is a great fit for him. And while it seems like, hey, Salah's defense doesn't require premium picks being spent on a corner you're seeing what happens when you do spend a premium pick on a guy that really fits that scheme perfectly never expected these kind of early returns and it makes me think back to that game plan cincinnati had against bama where they wouldn't trust their star corners to just go man on man on the outside and apply extra pressure in other areas it really kind of killed them in a game where they were kind of close closer than we'd expect um because sauce is the real deal, real, real deal. So um, let's take a quick break and we'll do college ones on the other side. And then we'll go right into our picks. Our picks, of course, brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, the uh, king of sportsbooks. Right now, all the offers they have are absolutely insane. Some really intriguing shifts as always on the uh, odds for the number one overall pick. First quarterback to be taken. Tons of great value on the college football futures still. Uh, you want to hammer the abs. You really like what you're seeing from the nuggets. You want to be a sickle and bet on the Broncos. Everything is on the table right now. New customers Old uh, draft homies who've been listening to us for a while, maybe visiting Denver, want to get in on it. Use that code DNVR right now to celebrate the NBA coming back. You can bet $5 bet on any NBA money line. If that hits, get $200 in free bets. Quite the dealio on top of everything else they are offering. Um, so use that code DraftKings Sportsbook now to get in on that deal. And I forgot to have my disclaimer ready, Justin. What a mess here. It's all good. Yeah. All you got to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. That's use the promo code right. DNVR. Right. Make any $5 bet. Get $200 in free bets you when your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Again, with that promo code DNVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. 
See show notes for details. Of course, guys, it is football season. If you listen to this pod, you know that you're locked in. It's the best part of football season, though. And that's when we have football every single day of the week. Shout out to the Mac. Shout out to the G5 conferences around the country for doing the heavy lifting. Having those Thursday, Friday, Tuesday night games so that Mm. we don't have to go a single night without the sport that we love. And of course, if you're watching football, you got to have some ice cold break brews with you. It's Broncos season. Get yourself some Broncos country. It's the hometown craft beer of the Denver Broncos, Broncos Country Pale Ale. Show off that colorful Colorado legacy with the Orange Crush logo. It's absolutely sick. I got it on a jacket, a t-shirt, a hat. I got it on everything because that's how much I love it. It's 100% Colorado ingredients. It's going to be your go-to for football season. Check out the Breck Beer Locator at www.breckbrew.com to find the closest liquor store, grocery store, whatever near you with ice-cold, delicious Breck Brews. Oh, um, that's, hel- that's hilarious. As soon as Justin came out of the read, um, I sneezed. That is a <laughs> classic. Um, a little quicker on biggest surprises to you guys as far as team and player on the college football side. I thought it was really interesting. We had no consensus on the NFL side. I wonder if we will on the other one. Jake, let's start with you here. I'm going to go with the TCU Horned Frogs, um, a team that had a head coach in his first year there um, for them. Garrett Riley, of course, the offensive coordinator. They played the Buffs first week of the season. First half was very underwhelming as they were kind of figuring out who to play at quarterback. They eventually go back to Duggan in the second half, and he just runs all over the Buffs, and he's kind of just taken off since then. Yeah, um, really just outperforming Chandler Morris, who I personally thought was the better quarterback and thrower of the football. But Duggan's now completing 68 percent of his passes, 19 touchdowns to one interception. He is the reason why TCU is ranked number seven and in contention to win the Big 12 and possibly a playoff spot. Crazy. Yeah. I'm not, Duggan is suddenly a prospect, man. He's like a legit yep. NFL prospect, maybe a guy the Broncos should look at um, day two or day three on as a backup, because I'm not, I'm not sure we need to keep on with Brett Rip as a little side tangent there. Um, though I love, I love seeing Zach Wilson, Brett Rip head to head stats. That was lots of fun. Most surprising player. Most surprising player. I got to go with Jalen Hyatt, I think, at Tennessee or Hendon Ooh, Hooker. I mean, I it's impossible not to go with those guys. It's impossible not to go with those guys. In fact, I mean, Hendon's a go ahead. No, uh, you finish your point because mine is going to uh, be just, very brief. I'm just saying Hendon's in the Heisman conversation. Jalen Hyatt is probably going to be deep in the uh, top five, at least wide receiver conversation moving forward. Um, these guys are the reason why Tennessee's number three. Yeah, no, um, uh, it's absolutely, you, you stole my two. So I love that. I would go hooker more than Hyatt, but you can make a real case for hooker. And I mean, the horn frogs, they were a spicy pick for me in the preseason. Never saw this coming. I saw them being frisky in the big 12 in a conference where I thought the best team would have three, four losses, not this. Um, and hooker, man, this is a trend since 2018, where a transfer over age quarterback in Baker Mayfield jumps up to the number one overall pick and becomes QB1 in that draft. This has been a trend every single year 
we've seen a transfer quarterback, in most cases, a bit of an overager, jump into the first round and in most cases to QB1. 2019, Kyler does it, not an overager, but definitely a transfer. 2020, Burrow jumps to QB1 and Jalen Hurts is a high second rounder in that draft. Uh, 2021, Justin Fields is the transfer in the mix there. And then 2022, Kenny Pickett jumps to QB1. I don't think Hooker jumps to QB1 in this draft. I do think he's very much in the mix um, to go in the first round. He just, once you get that Bama win under your belt and you've played this well, you're, it, we're going to allow a lot of things in these next couple premium matchups and it's going to lead to more premier matchups. So um, it's just, his stock is in a really nice spot and every year we should be thinking of who can be that surprise guy because it seems to be happening pretty regularly now. Justin, your two candidates. I had hooker too. I mean, I, like, I'm glad you brought not? up the the trend because the one thing I put in my notes was it feels very burrow esque. When Jake and I did the QB preview podcast, I brought up Hendon Hooker as a guy you should have your eye on. I was like, you know, he's done some really nice yeah. things. His numbers are are impressive, but he is an older quarterback. You know, not the most impressive, you know, in terms of the intermediate game. He's been much improved. He looks extremely confident and he's just making great decisions. Again, I do think as, you know, we talked about in that Bama game, his receivers are open all the time. They do a great job of getting yeah. separation. It's yeah. not like the tightest throws in the world, but scheme as well, right? That, that yeah. scheme is fucking killing it right now. Um, yeah. That's a coach who's come it's out. Must see TV. Yeah, it is must see TV. But I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Continue. No, you're good. But yeah, I think we've pretty much covered it at this point. The Vols are for real. Um, if they win out, they should be the number one team in the country in the playoff. No doubt. No doubt. Syracuse would be the other surprise team I would throw oh. out. Um, I'm not, I, mean, I haven't watched a lot of Syracuse football, I'm going to be honest, but from what I've seen, that defense plays hard. They're top 10 scoring statistically in terms of scoring D and they're scoring 35 points a game on offense as well. So they're, they're just really balanced. They play hard. And I mean... <laughs> They should have beat Clemson. They should have. They kind of choked that game away, unfortunately. And I think yeah. that kind of comes down to one team is used to being in that situation and the other team isn't. But uh, I'm I'm impressed with Syracuse and I'm going to be curious to kind of see how they close out this season. Illinois is another team. Too. Oh, it's really I was going to say. Come out of nowhere. Yeah. Kansas. I mean. We, yeah. Right. And now you're getting into programs that actually give CU and CSU fans that it's not impossible to have a rise type season, to have a mini era like McElwain was almost 10 years ago now. Um, nine, eight? Started, yeah. Started 10 years ago, 2012. We're getting old. Um, but that that's, those days aren't necessarily over, that that's still very much possible um, in in college football. So love that. Well done boys. Um, well done. Well done. Great, great job. Keeping that segment shorter. Um, Heisman real quick, Justin, you didn't get to give your take. We were all over Caleb Williams. Last time we talked about this, Jake, maybe taking a hit after that um, loss to Utah and obviously head and hooker with that big dub against Alabama. We just said a lot of that plus 200 on Action Network's um, Heisman Tracker, uh, where C.J. Stroud remains the favorite at plus 100. Uh, who that was you- surprising to me, just because hookers had the big moments. While yeah. they are essentially 
statistically, they're very similar. 2,000 yards, 70% completion. Um, Stroud has a couple more touchdowns, but he also has a couple more picks. Hooker, you know, only one interception this whole year. His ability to not put the ball in harm's way is probably the best quality he has as a quarterback. And that's consistent. Going back to last year, it's not like a fluky thing with him. Hooker would be my pick just because I feel like if they, as long as they get to the SEC championship game, he's going to have those moments. Even if they go 11 and one, like if he puts up all these numbers, Tennessee's the surprise team. They've had the big moments. They're going to have the eyes on them moving forward. I just feel like they have been the team that has dominated the narrative. And that's a big part of Heisman voting. They came out of nowhere. They're the flashy team. Like I think college football and Heisman voters want this story to like continue. Whereas, you know, Bama, Ohio state, it's just another, you know, Oh, it's them again. So hooker would be my pick. Keep an eye on Bo Nix. I know we like to clown him, but if Oregon somehow puts themselves in playoff contention, he's playing good football. It, it, I mean, it wouldn't shock me, especially if you get, you know, a couple losses down the stretch from some of these other teams. Shout out to Kenny Dillingham there. He's doing the thing, man. Bring him in, Colorado. Bring him in. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, nothing's going to look better on your resume to me than, like, actually turn Bo Nix into a Heisman candidate. That should be the uh, only thing he puts on his resume. Literally. Is Bryce's chances at plus 2,200, Bryce Young, that is, over, over? Is no, because I think Bama, and we'll, I guess we'll talk about this when we talk about the playoff stuff, but um, if they, I mean, if they win the SEC and he just goes off down the stretch, you know, he's going to have to carry them because they don't have the talent in the secondary. They've been very undisciplined everywhere else. Um Jameer Gibbs is really coming alive, a guy who I've had high praise for, but no, he's got a he's got a great shot. I mean, if if Bama can win the SEC and get back in the playoff, he's gonna have a strong argument, especially if you know, like Hooker goes into Athens and has a really bad game, you know, Georgia blows them out or something like that. Like there's there's plenty of time for this to all flip. The value there is enticing at this point, though. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That's uh, that's my thought there. So um Jake, did you have anything you wanted to throw out there? So you, Blake I mean, Corum is your guy, obviously. If you're going to allow me to talk about Blake Corum, I'm going to do it again. He's at 901 <laughs> yards now, 13 touchdowns. He has just been the stir that stirs the drink for Michigan, and he's been playing well all throughout the year. Um, has had 100-yard games going back to when they played Hawaii and Connecticut, where they obviously didn't really need him. Big slate coming up for Michigan. Um, a lot of big games on the schedule left for them. Of course, that Ohio State game at the very end. If he can lead them to victory over C.J. Stroud, I think he firmly places himself in the conversation. Love it. Love it. Um, and I think we're all sneakily on Michigan to maybe pull off the upset this year. Or at least maybe like decent value. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, kind of off of that, and we don't have to like go on and on about this, but just before we get into our picture this weekend, who would be your your playoff right now? It'd have to be Georgia, Ohio State, Clemson, Tennessee, I think, if it were to end this week. Um, I'd put Michigan over Clemson. I'm still not completely bought in on Clemson, and their quarterback situation scares me. 
Yeah, I'm out on Clemson as well. I think I I fear Tennessee may lose twice, and it's actually going to be Georgia and a one-loss Bama. Um, and well, Tennessee still has to play Kentucky too. Like yeah, yeah. It's it's just tough. I mean, I I, I think Cinder, you know, uh, Cinderella analogy. You you guys know the movie better than me. Um, so I'm I'm going Georgia. I'm going Bama at like three or four. I'm going Michigan at two. I really think they do it. And why not, man? Let's go Horn Frogs. All in on the Horn Frogs. The Big Twelve deserves go. to have a team this year, man. They really deserve to have a team. Um, TCU schedule is hard too. The three oh. of their final five are true road games, and it's West Virginia, Texas, and Baylor. Like those this, are true road atmospheres. It's not like going to Stanford or the Rose Bowl. It's so Big Twelve, man. Why is it my entire life? The Big 12, anytime they have a strong season, it just sets up where they're about to murder each other in the final month and eliminate the conference's chances of having a playoff. The Pac-12 already did it. So. Yeah, yeah Pac-12 at least gets their work done early. Um, so there you TCU go. TCU should be top first. five, by the way, right now. With their resume, four straight top 25 wins. If they were a Big 10 or SEC team, they would be a top five team right now. No doubt. No doubt. Um are we ready for picks? Did everyone give their final force? Okay, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, let's start with Ohio State at Penn State. 15 and a half still on DraftKings? 14. 14. Ooh. 14 and oh, a half. Sorry. Oh, I like that. That's moved. It's a morning game, and I'm, I'm told by the experts on this panel, no whiteout on this one. They, they already... They already whited out this year. So as every everyone knows, you can't white out too rapidly in succession. That's bad for your health. Um, the tackles to watch here on offense on both sides, left tackle for Penn State. Uh, obviously, Paris Johnson Jr. on the left side for Ohio State's going to be tested. And um, their right tackle is starting to gain a lot of buzz. Joey Porter Jr., you want to be cornerback one in this class? Do it against C.J. Stroud and this absurd wide receiver core. Intrigued to see how much uh, Jackson Ajigba plays. Intrigued to see how Franklin handles a revived and really like impressive uh, pass rush from the Buckeyes. That's what I'll be watching from a draft standpoint. Who you got, boys? I like Penn State to cover. They they play Ohio State better than everybody else does consistently. They've lost five straight, so I know it's it sounds crazy to say that, but they've covered eight of the last nine. And they're, you know, mm. they're going to play them tough at home. It's a great sound. I think that defensively, Penn State has enough in the secondary to at least you know get, get some stops here and there. Ohio State's so explosive, they're going to do their thing. The question for me, though, is can Penn State score and move the ball consistently on this Ohio State defense, which has taken a, a big step in the leap direct in the right direction this season after being, you know, kind of met the last couple of years. I'm going to take the Buckeyes um, to cover 14 and a half. I like where Travion Henderson is at right now against Wisconsin and Michigan State. He went over 100 yards, had 19 plus carries in both of those games. A little bit of a dip down when they returned from bye against Iowa last week. 
But I think that they're starting to get him rolling and featuring him more in the offense with those injuries to uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Marvin Harrison is a good player, hasn't really been able to make the, quite the impact that JSN has. Um, give me the Buckeyes. Oh, I feel like the Buckeyes are the sharp play, so I'll probably go Buckeyes. I do think if you think Penn State covers that the under feels right in this one, even though the Bucs have been just murdering um, the total. I think they've actually gone over five games in a row. Uh, we've talked about the Big 12, and we're going to go Okie State at Kansas State. What a game. Um, obviously, really entertaining uh, backfield for Kansas State. And uh, OK State's been building up for a couple years now. Um, their defense is sneaky tough. Their quarterback's really entertaining. There's there's lots to appreciate about this matchup. Uh, Jake, start us off on this one. Yeah, I'm going to go with Kansas State on this one. I just think Oklahoma State's starting to falter a little bit. Spencer Sanders a little banged up every now and then. He has been playing very well, though. But give me the backfield of Deuce Vaughn and Adrian Martinez. I should mention at home, Kansas State, one and a half point favorite, which means the book is begging you to take uh, the cats here, which does scare me. And Adrian Martinez is a game time decision. So Uh, based on everything I've read, it kind of sounds like leaning towards playing. But how effective can he be? Because that offense is just not as dynamic when Will Howard's back there, they completely fell apart. They were in the driver's seat against TCU. Martinez goes down. That game completely changes. They were. If Martinez plays, I like K-State at home, assuming he's at least, you know, 90-ish percent they can move because that backfield is just so dynamic. K-State defensively is really tough. Uh, Oklahoma State has covered uh, nine straight times as an underdog in October. So it, if you're curious, that's kind of a solid brand for them. This Shit. is typically when they pull out a frustrating one and at plus one and a half, I don't know, it's tempting. K-State's my team, though. I've backed them since the beginning of the year. I'm not going to abandon them. Uh, the Martinez situation makes me very, very nervous. Uh, what time's this game played? At KU, one thirty. It'll be rocking. It'll be rocking. Um, K-State fans are quietly oh, phenomenal. Like oh, it, yeah. It's a tremendous atmosphere. And they have the best pro prospect by a mile in Felix Anudike Uzoma, one of the top edge rushers in this class, already six and a half um, sacks for him to the point that I'm I'm starting to not butcher his name. That might have been half decent. Um, so definitely watch him. Everything, I mean, Justin was just the adult in the room. The stats on Oklahoma State covering in October, uh, it, it all lines up to break our hearts and stupid-ass Gundy to win this one. So give me Oklahoma State. It's maybe the pick I've hated most this entire season. So you know that's a good pick. I took Oklahoma, Oklahoma State in my pool that I'm in. So it, it broke my heart, but it just feels like the right move. Love that. Um, we move on to Tennessee finally getting tested by a real quality SEC defense. That's right. Shots at Nick Saban. Get at me, Nick. Uh, the the lesser of the Stoops brothers is schooling you in defense in the conference. Real clash of styles here. Um, such a run first 
offense for Kentucky, even though they arguably have the higher ranked prospect at the quarterback position, which is kind of hilarious. Um, but this is a real test for Tennessee who are 12 point favorites in a 5 PM kickoff at home against Kentucky. I love Kentucky, which maybe means I should just shut up later points and enjoy this at five steer me in the right direction. Justin, you're our sec guy. Start us off. Tennessee's just been so explosive. Like you said, this is going to be their biggest test of the season so far. This and Georgia really going to be the two teams that if you do it against them, you undeniably are the best team in the country, in my opinion, but yeah, we'll see. Uh, they've gone over in nine straight games at 61. I actually Amazing. like to under as uncomfortable as that is. I just think Kentucky can do enough yeah. to, to keep it just under that. But you're, it's going to be one you're sweating the entire game. Yeah. Uh, Kentucky's covered the, the last nine times they've played a ranked team. So I, you know, they're just a solid football team. They're well coached. They do what they do well. Will Levis, as long as he doesn't put them in harm's way, I think it, it's a, a competitive game. What worries me is, you know, if it's a situation like the Bama game where Tennessee goes up big, it's going to be another sold-out crowd. They're in a blackout. They got some sick uniforms. Not even going to lie. Uh, going to be looking really, really fresh. It's Shout true. out to the Vols for that. It, it could get out of hand if they go if they go down big. I don't know if Kentucky is built to play from behind yeah. in the same way that Alabama was able to. Crazy to say with Will Levis in the backfield, but I agree yeah. with everything you've said. Jake? Yeah, I think I'm on the ball side also, minus 12. I think that this is a big game for Will Levis in multiple ways. Most importantly, Tennessee as a defense, one of the worst passing defenses in the country, allowing 329.7 yards per game. That's 130th in the country. The only team worse than them is the Ohio Bobcats, guys. Wow, go Bobcats. So Will Levis is going to need to throw the football um, and throw it well in order for Kentucky to stand a chance in this game. I just don't trust him enough in that regard, honestly. Um, I don't trust the offense enough in that regard to be explosive also. I do like Rodriguez, the back, and I do think that there can be some success there. I just don't think it's enough to cover. Dang, is, is Hendon Hooker our QB3? Like, we all trust Hooker infinitely more than Will Levis. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. But the problem is, is you're going to have to overdraft him. And it's the same classic thing where you're in, where it's, he's a guy that if you drafted him in the third round 20 years ago, you're feeling phenomenal. Yeah. If you take him top 20, it feels a lot like Kenny Pickett going to the Steelers last year, where it's like, I like a lot about him. Do I think he's going to be a, a franchise quarterback? I, no, I don't know. Right. The profile's way more like Gino, Jared Goff than anyone else. And yeah. I mean, he's, he's Desmond Ritter with a deep ball. He's so Ritter. Um, and that deep ball is pretty. It's fun to watch, but. I'm going to give you a line that you won't find on any book, but it's three and a half big plays for Tennessee. You go under that, Kentucky probably wins this outright. They, they go over that. Kentucky's just not going to be able to hang. Uh, it's all about limiting those big plays. And I might just wait on this one and play it out early. Feels like the sharp side's Tennessee. At the same time, I'm not sure they've earned this kind of spread just yet. Like, you know, Kentucky when Kentucky over a three year span has really earned the identity and the reputation that they have. 
And as much as I love Tennessee right now, there's a big part of me that's like, this is just going to be a Kentucky brand. Everybody's out on them because they're, they're not explosive enough. I'm out on them. I just talked about why, like, can they move the ball enough? And they went out right at like, as like plus 340 dogs, you know, like we talked about, they, Tennessee really could lose twice down the stretch with this schedule that they have. For sure. Um, and also teams who haven't, aren't used to being ranked in the top five, top 10, come late October, come late November, early November, shit gets tight. That's what, that's prime upset country right there. I so, might live bet this one and wait and see how uh-huh. the first quarter goes. Yeah, see Smart. how the big play contention uh, works out. See how Will Levis is slinking it because he's been banged up plenty this year, you know. Um, Jake, let's go out to the West Coast where maybe we have one of the best wide receiver matchups we're going to get all season, USC at Arizona, certainly with the um, the undersized wideouts. Who's the kid out of Arizona that we need to keep an eye on? Jacob Cowing. And he's really small, right? Or like 5'10"? He's, yeah, I mean, he's not imposing. He's one of those like kind of slotty, uh, shifty type guys. Um, looking up his listing right now, it's 5'11", 170. He doesn't look that small on film. He is apparently smaller, though, um, when you do watch the games. But they, I mean, both teams can light it up. This total set at 76. USC 15 point favorites on the road to Arizona, which, if you were just a casual college football fan the last couple of years, you'd lay those 15 easy. I'm not sure it's that clear cut. How do you see this, Jake? I'm going to still lay the 15. I think that Jaden Delora, while he's been very efficient, very good as a passer for Arizona, I mean, he's found cowing and uh, they have a freshman, four-star freshman, Tetro McMillan, who stands at 6'4", like 220. He's a beast too. He's going to be in these conversations moving forward and through the years. I just think that USC's defense is going to force um, Delora into some turnovers and just gain some extra possessions. That offense is so explosive. I think 15 is pretty capable for this Trojans team. I'm going to go the opposite. I think Arizona hangs around. I think they do just enough with Delora running the ball, create some opportunities in the play action game, still lose by double digits, but I think they cover, you know, lose by 12, 13. Interesting. I really don't know where to go with this. I think the spread set really well. Um, I am being begged to take the under, which means I will hammer the over. However, um, those were the big ones from a draft perspective. Um, Cowing Gaddison, though, is a really fun matchup, and we're all yeah. over the Caleb Williams train for next year. Um, I kind of leave it to you, boys. East Carolina BYU play tonight. We mentioned football month in America started yesterday, so we've got games every single day. East Carolina, surprisingly enough, has a better record, plus three on the road to the Cougars. Um, that kind of feels frisky. Anything else you want to get into this week? CSU is 27 and a half point underdogs at Boise State. And I feel like that's very disrespectful to what we have seen from CSU defensively. I'm not coming on here. I'm not saying anything absurd. The history says it's either like a seven point game or it's a 30 point game. Vegas thinks it's it's going to be the blowout. I actually think it's going to be really competitive. I just, I believe in what CSU has built on that defensive side of the ball. I think Boise's going to drive it at times. I think there's going to be some opportunities to potentially create some turnovers on a freshman quarterback as well. Um, is I don't know. Maybe playing. I've talked myself into it. I think this is going to be a really good game, like potentially to where CSU even 
has a shot in the second half. Again, if they get their ass kicked, it's fine. I'll eat it. I'll take it. Take the lumps. Been there before. But I, uh, I think this Rams team's coming together, and I think 27 and a half is crazy. Clay's playing. Clay is playing. Clay's playing. That's huge. Plus 14 and a half first half spread. I like and that too. Plus 950 uh, first half money line. That's that's worth teasing. It's worth teasing a little bit. Oh uh, well, we'll sprinkle an order just just for the holidays, you know, Jake. You, you get how it is. Um, Jake, a little Mel Tucker's revenge this week. Um, I don't know that there's many draft topics to take from that, but that's a rivalry game with a massive spread that you and I got into um, when talking bets this week. You get Lane against Jimbo. Tanner McKee against DTR. There's a, you know, there's there's some good action this week. Anything else you want to touch on, my friend? Yeah, with that Michigan game, it's a massive spread, as you said. I think Michigan State is the side, but I really think Michigan's going to come out and put a statement on the Spartans here. Last year's game was really rough for them to swallow. Huge Kenneth toss. Walker ran over, all over them. The refs weren't really in Michigan's favor. Um, for the Buffs, though, they're plus 14 against Arizona State. This is their last chance, really, to win a football game this year. And it's a very similar spot that they find themselves in when they won outright against Cal two weeks ago. Similar spread, 14. Uh, a team that has kind of been in disarray has not been able to get any momentum going on either side of the ball, similar to Colorado. This first quarter is going to be very telling for this game, I think. If Colorado is able to stay close, perhaps even take the lead in the first quarter, first half, the upset's definitely in play. Well, Emory Jones against JT Shrout. Big, uh, we, Arizona State might be playing another quarterback, actually. Love it. Love it. Don't even get the Florida, Tennessee uh, vibes. Just go another direction entirely. That makes me feel good, but it's also fear of the unknown. Never love the fear of the unknown. Kind of reminds me of like Khalil Tate when nobody knew who he was coming in for Arizona in like 2017 or whatever that was and going for Harsh. 500 yards. Harsh, bro. Well, this the other quarterback they want to start is the guy who came in and led them to the upset over Washington when Emory Jones got hurt in that game. This kid yeah, came bad in. Bad vibes. Yeah, played really well through three touchdowns to one interception. And it seems like what Sanford told us on Tuesday is that reading between the lines of uh, interim coach Sean Aguayo's press conference at Arizona State, it seems like he really wants to play uh, Trenton Bourget. Wow. Okay, I think I just talked myself into Arizona State <laughs> <laughs> and laid the points. Um, but I, I hope that's not the case. Follow all of Justin and Jake's stuff at DNVR Rams and DNVR Buffs. Um, as they mentioned, no no better time to follow all their stuff with everything they've got going on. Check out all the great stuff we're doing at DNVR. Check out DraftKings Sportsbook, the presenting sponsor of our here podcast. I don't think it's as clear cut how you fade us now, but uh, best of luck on your picks. Happy draft watching on Saturday. Things will get better for the Broncos eventually. Goodbye.